Hey everybody, this is Gary Smith with Nectar Bridge. This episode is a little different in that I had recorded a webinar that was mostly aimed at people who aren't exactly running full-time businesses yet. So this may be just a ticket, maybe useful for you if you are a freelancer, you've just done a gig or two and you're wondering just exactly uh, when I have to get involved in all the bookkeeping and record keeping that is involved with owning a business. So stay tuned. All right, everybody, we'll get started. We're going to talk today about freelance tax bookkeeping and license issues. This is mainly directed at people who are just doing a little bit of side work and uh, being asked to do some things on a probably on a 1099 basis or just uh, for some cash and who are wondering what kind of issues they might have to be keeping up with to uh, do that legally. So we're going to quickly talk about three different scenarios. One is a situation where it is truly just a casual project, a one-off, a gig, that sort of thing. And then we'll move to situations that are similar, perhaps in scale, except steady work. Uh, maybe you have one or two clients who just ask you to do websites or something for them, but it doesn't really rise to the level of a business, that you, or you don't feel like it rises to the level of a business. And then lastly, how does this transition to starting an actual business, starting and something that you're making a significant income out of. So first we'll talk about the scenario where it's truly a casual project or a one-off. Even if it is just simply somebody gave you $500 and wants you to do a website for them, you do need to keep up with income for income tax purposes. They may or may not give you a 1099. They may or may not know they're gonna give you a 1099 until their own accountant, perhaps at some point in the future, uh, reminds them they should, and uh, the thresholds on giving 1099s out are a few hundred dollars. It varies in situations. Some companies and some accountants give out 1099s for everything. Some are quite lax about it. It really doesn't matter because you need to keep up with the income regardless. If you get a 1099, file it with your return. If you don't, keep up with income anyway. You should also keep up with your personal, with your expenses that are directly related to earning that income. So uh, if you normally use an iPhone and you bought an Android phone or device to work on a project and test it, then you could deduct the cost of that device uh, as part of against the income that you had on the project. There's an important fork in the road when you talk about up to $5,000 in expenses, which for most of us, uh, if you got up to $5,000 in expenses, that would be something more than just a one-off project. But if you get past $5,000 in expenses, you're going to need to file the full Schedule C on your return. If you just have um, you know, less income, trivial amount of expense, there, the IRS now has a form C-EZ that you can file with your personal return. It's very easy to use. I'll, uh, I'll include with the notes from this call that uh, worksheet on when you can use the schedule easy. Talking about expenses, don't forget about mileage. And mileage is a significant expense. Uh, many of us on many projects rack up some mileage and don't think about it. Current IRS rate as of 2019 is 58 cents a mile. It uh, changes every year. 
Sometimes if gasoline prices change radically, they will sometimes issue a mid-year bulletin and change it again, but it's usually at the beginning of each calendar year, they, they come up with a different mileage rate and it's usually a little higher. On the topic of whether or not you need a business license, um, I can't say that you don't because pretty much any municipality you ever talk to, if you do anything in their state, in their city or their county, they're going to tell you you need a business license. Um, it's a lower enforcement priority if you're just doing a one-off project. I'll put it that way. Moving on to a situation where perhaps that one-off project turns into a steady situation. Uh, it's still a side business. It's still mailbox money, but it's, it's happening all the time now. Then it's time to start paying more attention to your expenses. Perhaps be more careful and more considerate about what things are expenses because typically as these kind of things start happening, um, more readily you can you can deduct more you uh, and i don't mean you can make up deductions but i mean there are more things that are coming along that you can deduct you can more you can great you can more justify for example you know buying a laptop and saying it's a business expense because i use it in this web development business whereas you're not really practically speaking likely to be able to do that if you just had a one-off project by the way, something I forgot to mention about the C-EZ is you cannot um, use a C-EZ in a situation where your business actually runs at a loss. So that's something to remember about that as well. So in that situation, you're going to wind up filing a, school's, a full Schedule C, most likely. And as I said, when you do the first dollar of any kind of business, and if you were to go down to City Hall, they're going to say you need a business license. But I will tell you, your profile on business licensing and insurance risks increases dramatically. And again, this is true even if it's just a weekend business or something you do at night. Uh, you, you are still going to be required to have a business license. And I think another difference in the dynamic is that you're, you're now becoming a business which is in competition with some other businesses. And sometimes those are the folks who are going to turn you in. So uh, I also have some information uh, on how to obtain a business license. I kind of, uh, I found some links that pertain to Jefferson County and city of Birmingham, but it's a similar process with any city you, or county you go to. If you need advice on a particular place, uh, give me a yell and I can help you with that. And the last scenario we're going to consider is a situation where you are starting a full-blown business. And perhaps it's something that you've decided to jump in out of the blue and do, or perhaps it has grown from those previous two scenarios. And believe it or not, there are people who attempt to create a full-blown business and make their living doing it or make part of their household, a significant part of their household income doing it and don't think they need to go through the turnstiles. Uh, business licensing, uh, insurance, filing taxes, that sort of thing. Um, sometimes the attitude is, well, it's just too much trouble. It's too much work. I can't make any money if I do all those things. We won't really have the philosophical debate here and now about why you should uh, reconsider all that. But let me just tell you, you're running tremendous risks if you don't. If this is your full-time income or a replacement for a full-time job, your only job, you definitely need to have jumped through these hoops. Um, if you are hiring others to help you with this, which you often are if you are in this position, then you really need to be aware of the difference between a W-2 employee and just paying somebody else as a 1099. So it's a mistake that's frequently made with a small business, something that starts out as a freelance gig that you just 
simply think, well, they hired me on a 1099 basis. I can just hire my friend on a 1099 basis and we can work together that way. Uh, that may be true. That may not be true. I have done a complete video on that entire subject. So I will refer you to that. And again, the link to that blog post and video will be in the notes. So that's a whole other topic, but you just need to be very aware of it. Some more things to consider if you are running a full-blown business, there's just no two ways about it. As I mentioned earlier, you're gonna need a business license. You definitely need insurance. What is going to happen is there's a tendency to feel like, well, I've got homeowner's insurance or I've got car insurance. You know, I've got the major risks that I can anticipate being covered, covered. And the problem with that is that if you are, say, driving to go see a client on a regular basis, uh, they're going and there's an accident or incident, they're going to come after your business, not just you personally. There's also the exposure to something that I think a lot of us don't think about, which is errors and omissions and uh, situations like, say, you did a website for your client and they feel like they lost business as a result of it or the server you set them up on went down and it was, I say they're a retailer and it was Black Friday. So they're, they want to come after you for damages. You need insurance, you need contracts. Those things are going to start becoming much more significant as you're running a full-time business. Another thing that you really ought to have at this stage is what I'll call either a virtual or a real address. You don't have to have a fancy office. I'm doing this uh, webinar right now from Regis in Montgomery. So I don't have four walls that I'm paying for. I'm just renting space here. Uh, part of the arrangement with Regis is that I can use their address. So 445 Dexter Suite 4050 is an address shared by many businesses in town. Uh, in the case of Regis, this isn't meant to be an infomercial for Regis, but it's just an example of how these things work. Um, in the case of Regis, if somebody were to just show up at the door and I wasn't around, there is a receptionist, they would take a message and, and let me know that somebody looked for me. There are also things you can do like use a UPS store as an address. They will give you a street address and that's usable for things like registered agent service if you have an LLC. Uh, it doesn't work quite as well for the walk-up customer scenario I mentioned earlier, but for most of us with these kind of businesses, that isn't really an issue and our, our actual customers know what we're doing. So that's, that's not a problem. Last thing on that point that I'll mention is that bookkeeping is going to really become a concern. And you at this, by this point need to have developed a better system than perhaps just using a spreadsheet to keep up with income and expenses. When you start doing uh, tax returns, even if the tax return is just writing the schedule C and adding it to your personal tax return, uh, you're going to end up being they're going to end up looking to you to do property tax returns because they assume you own things like equipment and so on. So your bookkeeping concerns are going to get a little, little more involved, but it, it really isn't that bad. I also wanted to mention some things that are going to be potential complications or issues uh, really from the first dollar. And so these are things to be very careful about. If somebody asks you to take on a project and maybe it's small, short-term, and they want you to do it for a competitive rate, these are some things that will complicate your financial and tax picture a little bit, even if done at a very small scale. If you have to hire and pay others, if you have to actually take money and repay other people, uh, hire other people, put them on a W-2 basis, as I mentioned earlier, setting up that payroll process, 
is is an expense and some complexity that um, takes a little while to wind up and if the project ends takes a little while to wind down so be aware of that potential complication and expense if you work out of state your tax picture becomes a little more complex related to your state tax returns if you uh, earn income out of state from where you live so you go work a six-month project your uh, state returns will become a little more complex not not too bad but just be aware of that might push you into hiring somebody to do your return as opposed to doing it yourself or doing it with TurboTax. And the last item I'll mention there, um, hearkening back to my e-commerce days, reselling merchandise as opposed to just services. So, you know, again, we all do casual sales like on eBay and that sort of thing. But if you set up a store and sell products, uh, be aware that you have some potential exposure to sales tax issues even if you're doing it at a very small scale. And some people, some people feel like, well, it won't matter because I'm doing very little of it, but trust me, it does. Often the question that people ask, and I don't really like to frame things in terms of what I can get away with, it's, you know, it's what you should do. But nevertheless, I think it's worthwhile because many people do worry about or fear the IRS or this, the state they live in and what their priorities are for enforcement. I want to distinguish between our Kind of point out the things that in my experience the IRS and the state governments are really really concerned about and thankfully I've never had any highly negative experiences in these regards with clients or myself but I know from experience these are the things that will get you in trouble if you don't do them right and again I go back to payroll uh, if you withhold taxes on an employee and do deductions uh, first of all you better be sure you do them right and secondly if you withhold them, you had better pay the government those, those monies. Um, similar for sales tax, uh, the transactions can get pretty complex. There are, for e-commerce, there are companies uh, like Vertex that even uh, will do the computations for you. So be aware of the complexities of sales tax. And if you, withhold sales tax if you deduct sell or add sales tax to a purchase you better be sure you remit that sales tax to the appropriate authorities because those two areas uh, withholding payroll and failing to remit or adding sales tax and failing to remit the governments uh, those are typically the scenarios where the governments end up putting the padlocks on your doors uh, man, there's a lot more leniency on being a little behind on income tax and so forth but those two issues will will really get you. Going to that second point that I alluded to, they are of course concerned about receiving income tax due. One of the things about self-employment tax that many entrepreneurs feel it's just monumentally unfair that they have to pay self-employment tax, I think it's worthwhile to remember that these taxes are basically equivalent to the payroll withholding taxes that we have all paid as W-2 employees for somebody else. So in essence, when you work for yourself, when you own your own business, you are both the employer and the employee in a sense. So if it looks like you're paying more taxes, just be aware that uh, it's very comparable really to all of the taxes paid by both the employer and the employee in a W-2 situation. And last, but certainly not least, because in some ways this can, can be the most aggressive enforcement of all, local governments really care about business licenses because it is a major source of revenue for them. Uh, 
I have managed remote employees in a past life and found that I had to, uh, I don't recall ever having to buy a business license for a remote W-2 employee, but I had to do a lot of paperwork to satisfy those governments that, that we weren't setting up a business in their town. A uh, city where I live, Prattville, has an enforcement officer who basically drives around and looks for signs of people working out of their house. Um, unlikely you'll get caught sitting in your spare bedroom doing web development work, but um, just pointing that out from a standpoint of, in, in the case of my, my hometown, they are literally driving around looking for people doing business activities and not uh, paying for their license. And from their perspective, that's understandable, uh, even if it can be inconvenient for us. So disclaimer in passing and in closing, uh, this is general information. Your situation may vary. I'd be happy to talk with you, any of you personally, give you a personalized consultation on doing freelance work or starting a business. Be happy to help with any of that. And if you email me and ask for a, uh, a, a cheat sheet, I have a PDF that I put together which has links to just about everything that I mentioned. So if there are no questions, I will wish everybody a good day and we will talk to you later.